Hello, and welcome to the Frontier Strategy Group podcast series. FSG is a leading information services partner for emerging markets executives. We partner with business leaders at more than 200 multinationals by providing them with research, analytical tools, and data that helps empower their emerging markets business strategies. My name is Matthew Spivak, and I'm Frontier Strategy Group's head of Middle East and North Africa research. I will be moderating today's podcast. Today, I'm joined by Zainab Kosare-Solu, who is a North Africa analyst at FSG. The focus of today's podcast is Zainab's recent trip to the Tunisian market. As a reminder, this podcast and all of FSG's content is available via our portal at portal.frontierstrategygroup.com. Zainab, welcome, and thanks for joining me today. Let's start with what is unfortunately making news headlines right now and could impact Tunisia's outlook for 2015. And that's a terrorist attack at the Bardo Museum in Tunis, which resulted in the death of at least 20 people. How do you expect this incident to impact Tunisia this year? Hi, Matt. Unfortunately, especially because the target of the attack was a museum, and because 18 tourists were killed, the incident is bound to impact the country's tourism sector. Two Italian companies already announced their cruise ships will not be stopping in Tunis. The tourism sector is very important for the economy, and especially for employment. And unfortunately, both business and consumer confidence is likely to be impacted. Such an attack on a civilian target is a first since 2002, when a synagogue was bombed. The Tunisians are not used to such attacks and the corresponding security measures that come with it. There have been clashes between the armed forces and terrorists at Tunisia's borders, but the threat is now officially moved to the cities, which will likely mute business and consumer confidence. Now, this also means that the government will have to increase security measures even more. How it does that, whether it can be successful in protecting the cities, whether it can balance these measures with a respect to democratic rights, will impact the sentiment on the ground and, again, consumer and business confidence. A lot of big challenges there, uh, big issues involved. Uh, Zainab, based on your recent visit to Tunis, was the potential for this type of attack on the radar for businesses? Um, Had they been planning for insecurity as far as uh, what they were speaking about with you in, in the conversations you had? Yes, such an insecurity was actually definitely on the minds of every individual I spoke to, whether it be businessmen, government officials, political analysts, or ordinary citizens on the street. The government was continuously emphasizing how it was preparing for such attacks. And the fact that this attack actually occurred um, within the city itself, in Tunis, shows how the government needs to do so much more now to gain the confidence of the population. Okay, yeah, a, a lot of challenges in the market, uh, but, but also some opportunity. Um, and, and that's obviously the, the, one of the reasons that, that you went there. So stepping back for a moment um, in the trip that you just took to the market, can you provide us with some context on your trip? Um, you know, we're seeing more interest from clients on the market. Why Tunisia and really why now uh, are companies looking at it? Yeah, of course. First of all, Tunisia does provide a lot of opportunities for, for multinational companies. The population has an educated and skilled workforce, um, has dynamic consumption habits with this sociocultural desire to actually trade up in consumption, uh, a high number of tourist arrivals that expand the consumer base and the B2B demand throughout the year. Um, and the country is, of course, located in a strategic position between Africa and Europe. Um, and multinational companies have historically been interested in the market uh, and some have some sort of a presence there. And now that the country is looking to emerge from its post-revolution transition, um, interest in the market is surfacing again, and companies are starting to evaluate whether they should enter or re-enter the market or expand their investments. Interesting. 
Um, you know, in going to the market, um, question I have for you is, how did you gather the insights? You know, who did you meet with? Um, and then also, what was the, their overall sentiment uh, locally looking at the market and, and uh, what might happen over the next year or two? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I uh, met with business executives, economists, political analysts, journalists, just trying to get a different, um, get different perspectives on the political and economic outlook and also the challenges for doing business in the country. And overall, I can say that there was an eagerness to establish stability both politically and economically. Uh, but most people I talked to, including executives, were in a wait-and-see mode, uh, giving the government a couple of months to see how it will deal with the country's main sociopolitical and economic issues. This is a very new government, um, and everyone is waiting to see how the government will perform. And this recent attack on Bardo Museum, unfortunately, is not going to instill further confidence uh, in local businesses to rapidly increase their expansion, um, but actually might rather push them to further extend their, this wait-and-see mode. And alongside these, of course, there were the numerous um, common concerns um, alongside insecurity. For example, um, the repeat, I repeatedly heard concerns of an increasing cost of living, uh, of slow decision making by the government, and of, of course, the continuation of regulatory restrictions for businesses. So definitely a lot of challenges um, on the ground. A lot of challenges. And it does seem like one thing that's become clear is that the government must play a vital role if Tunisia is going to be able to overcome these obstacles. Uh, so a question for you would be, what can foreign companies expect um, you know, in regards to government policy in 2015? Mm-hmm. Well, the current government includes parties with different priorities and ideologies, and we'll have to go through this regular parliamentarian process of decision-making, unlike under Ben Ali, where um, both multinationals um, and the population were used to a more centralized decision-making, which was much quicker. Now, the fact that most laws are being actually debated extensively and that there's no single-party government means that new regulations, mainly those that relate to easing the regulatory environment, decreasing taxes, improving the rule of law, etc., will be passed and implemented slowly. Uh, And this is a new timeline that we will have to get used to in in Tunisia. And also, the government uh, has many issues that take priority over changing some of these regulations that uh, might be restrictive for, for multinational companies um, and improving the business environment. And those issues are, for example, um, organizing and implementing municipal, elec- municipal elections, restructuring state institutions, reducing the budget deficit, and again, increasing security. So a lot of um, priorities for the government in 2015 that don't necessarily um, include easing the business environment in the first few months. One area of concern that we're hearing from uh, a lot of our clients, but I would say in particular consumer-oriented clients, uh, is the high cost of living in Tunisia. Can you tell us a little bit about what you saw when you uh, visited the market with the current situation, and then also giving us a little bit more context to what that might mean and, and other influences on the overall economic outlook? Yes, I, I also heard uh, a lot of concern about the higher cost of living and higher domestic prices when I was in, in Tunisia. Um, And the prices rose, of course, after the revolution uh, in 2011 and have not returned to those pre-revolution figures of around 3%. The recent rise in the number of uh, Libyans uh, within Tunisia is contributing to um, increased demand for products within Tunisia and driving up prices. Um, And also because Tunisians are preferring to sell their products in Libya uh, is also um, leading to lower um, supply within Tunisia, again, driving up prices. And um, this is one of the factors that is contributing to high uh, inflation. 
And the second one is um, the uh, Tunisian dinar's depreciation against the U.S. dollar, uh, which was around 5% since January and is likely to make imports more expensive. And the outlook for inflation is not very positive at the moment. Uh, the, this includes, of course, the prospect for further depreciation of the dinar uh, against the U.S. dollar. But at the same time, um, the government will eventually have to remove some subsidies on basic goods to rein in uh, its budget deficit. If not this year, then next year. And this will contribute to higher prices um, eventually in the Tunisian market. And um, tying this all into the overall macroeconomic outlook that we have on Tunisia, um, the as, as I said, high inflation is likely to stay f for a while. Um, and when we talk about uh, tun the Tunisian dinar's depreciation against uh, the dollar, we have to acknowledge that it is also um, appreciating against the euro, uh, which is a trend that we see uh, in many emerging markets at the moment. Uh, but this has a negative outlook on a negative impact on the outlook for exports of the country. Exports were picking up uh, in the p recent months, but uh, two thirds of Tunisia's exports go to Europe, and a weaker euro will definitely have an impact. And um, thirdly, we could uh, definitely talk about the budget deficit, uh, w which is a major concern for the government. And while it needs to decrease its deficit, which is around 6%, it also needs to continue spending on a few key areas. For example, like we said, it needs to spend on security, but it also needs to maintain social spending to support the population as unemployment is still very high. And it needs to make measures to reduce unemployment, but its current wage bill is wage bill is so high that the public sector cannot absorb more workers. So this is why um, the government will have to support the expansion of the private sector if it wishes to reduce unemployment. And this is why uh, we will start to see further opportunities for multinational companies, if not this year, then next, as the co the government deals with some of its priorities and then moves on to easing the business environment to reduce its unemployment levels. Excellent. Well, you know, a, a lot to cover there, but but I think the, the main message is, you know, high prices, a budget deficit, high unemployment, um, you know, difficulties with exports in particular to, to European trade partners, which, by the way, we've seen in a lot of North African markets. Those are all things that will be challenges uh, for, for the Tunisian market, uh, and, and that's clear. Uh, so, Zainab, we've covered a lot uh, in, I think, a fairly short amount of time uh, during this podcast. Uh, I have one last question for you. Given what we've discussed, uh, you know, related to the security situation, uh, the, the economy, uh, really the overall outlook for Tunisia, uh, what are some suggest suggested actions you could give uh, to senior executives? Really, what can they focus on right now? Mm -hmm. I mean, as difficult as it is, I think we need to step back from the immediate issues that are dominating the headlines and evaluate Tunisia on a long-term basis. And 2015 will be a key year in seeing how this government deals with the many issues that we discussed and whether Tunisia will start to become a more business-friendly environment. Therefore, companies really need to evaluate Tunisia not based on the past few years, but more so on what will happen this year. Um, and I also want to emphasize the fact that because of Tunisia's small size, the opportunities for multinational companies really differ across sectors. I believe right now is the time to engage in really trying to understand the potential size of the opportunity for your sector, for your company, and make those difficult decisions about your MENA portfolio and where Tunisia fits within that. Having these plans ready for when the capabilities of the Tunisian government and the trajectory of the country become more clear uh, will be very important and useful for you to take the rapid actions that will be needed to be the early movers in the Tunisian market. Zainab, thank you. As a reminder, you can speak with Zainab 
or any of the FSG analysts by simply reaching out via your client services director or directly. You can also access all FSG content on our portal at portal.frontierstrategygroup.com. This concludes our podcast. Until next time, we wish you great outperformance in your emerging markets.